Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Oh, I'm already in vacation mode, folks. Which makes the topic tonight even better. Just, you know, I've been mentioning it a lot lately on my show. But this show will uh, be explicitly just talking about wrestling, talking about life. Joining me to do that, Mike Dean. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Good, brother. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, brother. No, it is, I just learned earlier today, it was 19 years ago to the day Chris Jericho debuted in the WWE. Ah, interesting fact. Yeah, I was like, okay, okay. And, um, you know, my I was telling you off air, I do this... I've done this several times in my life, whether it was Led Zeppelin or Prince or Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, I'll become obsessed with something, and I want more, more, more. I want more stories, more facts, more more stuff to just consume. And it's become that with wrestling, and it's a good time to be that way because there are an abundance of riches uh, when it comes to like wrestling podcasts, yes, it's everywhere, and just so many stories being told, and it's an interesting time in the business. More I'm learning because uh, we were talking off air. We'll start with this. Um, there's this promotion being done called All In. Uh, this is like a group of, I guess, promotions that aren't the WWE. It's like it's wrestlers from all over, right? Yes, a lot of independent wrestlers, uh, past WWE stars. Um, all coming together and putting on some pretty fantastic shows, really great matches. And it's the first time in uh, years that, maybe since WCW, that a non-WWE promotion in, in the States like sold out more than a 10,000-seat arena or something. Yeah, in less than 30 minutes. Whew. And I, I like that fact because the WWE is this leviathan. It's almost synonymous. When you say wrestling, you think WWE... And rightfully so for many reasons, but to see now with social media, new technology, guys can go to a different place, have outreach to the audience, to the fans, and now it sells out in 30 minutes like that, there's a lot of opportunity. There is. It's an exciting time for uh, independent wrestlers. Yeah, um, and it's cool to see uh, Cody Rhodes getting his due. Yes. He's a great worker. coming up, you know, in the shadow of his dad Dusty, and his brother. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, Gold yeah. Dust. Yeah, Gold Dust. Uh, I guess that's Dustin Rhodes. Yes. And then uh, Dusty Rhodes, funky like a monkey, baby. Yeah, baby. Uh, he, and so, yeah, to follow in those footsteps, that's tough. It's tough. You're kind of lit. And you see, there are a few guys that are second, third generation wrestlers who have, I mean, obviously The Rock is the biggest. Yes. Yeah. It's still Randy amazing. Randy Orton's up there. Randy Orton, he cut a great promo on, on SmackDown, Smackdown yeah. this week. I was like, where's this Randy Orton been? 
that was awesome. I love that angle. We're saying essentially anybody you love, WWE Universe, I'm going to erase them. I'm going to tear them down. Back to the legend killer gimmick that he's doing there. Yeah. I like that. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. But I've really been into a lot of uh, these podcasts. Like, I'm getting sucked into... Well, there's an Alabama guy, Conrad Thompson. I guess somehow... Tuscaloosa. Uh, Tuscal- or Huntsville, I think. Huntsville. And he is a bammer. Yes, he roll tide. A, he says roll tide to everything. <laughs> oh, Sable's looking pretty roll tide. He's very roll tide. <laughs> like, okay, fair enough. Sable was smoking hot. She is still. No, I love the... It's like stupid little stories that are universal beyond just wrestling. For instance, Sable, after she left in the 90s, her big, you know gig in the 90s where she was on the cover of Playboy and she was almost not quite but she it was like Steve Austin maybe The Rock and like her like right. the pops they would get and she like left and sued WWE for like not being paid enough but also they threw in like they were throwing everything against the wall to see what stuck so uh, they brought up sexual harassment in the workplace but then she comes back and the story I'm getting to is she's already scantily clad. It's like, I don't think the sex part was that big of a deal for you. It was just yeah. part of a lawsuit. But at that point when she comes back in the early 2000s, her and her husband, uh, Mark Mero, were pretty much on the outs. Like, they're pretty much done, but not quite done. So Mark Mero is this guy who, I mean, most of these guys could probably go in a real fight. And... He's apparently saying behind the scenes because there are rumors that Sable's met another wrestler, mm. is seeing another guy. So Marrow's kind of saying, oh, kick who's ever asked. I need to. Who's messing around with my woman? Even though the marriage is pretty much done, I'll, I'll, I'll take him out. And he's talking all this smack. And he finds out, oh, the person Sable is seeing is Brock Lesnar. Oh, Brock's a good guy. That's good for her. Change your tune real quick. Yeah. And that's that's a crazy story. I had somebody asking me about that, saying, what's Lesnar's story? What, did he start in UFC? It's like, no. He He's, was... Yeah, he was uh, an amateur wrestler in college. National champion or All-American or something yeah. like that? Yeah, and, uh, and he got picked up by... Uh, WWE and sent down a de- developmental with John Cena and them about the same time down in uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Ah, uh, the Jim Cornette was running. Yes, and uh, he came up through the ranks there and then was just huge. And he left and actually joined uh, the NFL before he became a UFC fighter. Yeah, he wanted to be a Minnesota Viking. Yes, yeah. And so, but then the the fact that he went to UFC did dominate. Yes, he did. Became the champ. Even with diverticulitis. Or or diverticulitis. There you go. um, Which my brother, who is uh, my actual brother, he's now a medical sales device, uh, a medical device salesman. And uh, he's focusing on gastrointestinal devices. And so he he was explaining to me, a diverticulum is when, uh, you know, blood vessel expands in the the butt. I'll just put it that way. (laughs) And it's like kind of a pouch, an expanded vessel. And and diverticulitis is when that gets infected. So something was wrong with Brock's rectum. Nice. Um, But apparently it does, like, knock you out, like, saps you of your energy. And the fact that with diverticulitis he dominates, it's just... It's unreal. He's a beast. He really is. And 
in recent vintage, they've uh, this week, in fact, or uh, actually the Monday before this past yes. one, he did this big turn where he was already not showing up, and he he uh, after the Daniel Cormier won the OC title, like. Brock ran in. That was awesome. Oh, it was great. <laughs> it's like you have the WWE Universal Champion like facing the USC champion. And and pretty much shoving him around the ring. It's pretty pretty neat. Yeah, and you, it makes you me wonder, like, okay, how much of of course Dana White or of course the USC officials and Vince McMahon have been talking. They have to have uh, I think since the Ronda Rousey deal, they've been kind of close in in what they've been doing because the latest rumors I've gotten is that Brock is going to stay with WWE and uh, sign another deal with them and do UFC as well. Mm. And uh, So there's a chance that he keeps the belt coming up at SummerSlam. Yeah, he's facing Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. (sighs) Roman Reigns. Stop trying to make him happen. Yeah. Like, I'm just... it's not working. It's not working. Though I was saying off air that uh, maybe we're the the demographic. We're you know that's not supposed to like him. Exactly. <laughs> we're the guys, and that's one way people have described it. If you see Roman Reigns come out when his music hits, you hear a loud guttural m- men go boo. But if you listen, you can hear little kids and women cheering. So I'm not a little kid. I'm not a woman. So maybe. Maybe they're playing us. Yes. Maybe we're marks here. <laughs> I, I know I am a mark. We're just in the wrong demographic. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we'll see at SummerSlam. And it's it's shaping up. It's an interesting time in the business, like I was saying, because the indie scene is heating up with new tech and just great work. Um, and WWE has some great matches and storylines, but then they're doing so much that it's like some of it you just go... What are you doing? It's hard to keep all those plates spinning all the time. It really is. It's um, it's like NXT, for instance. I love it because it's pretty straightforward wrestling. Like the last, was it the last takeover where it was the unsanctioned match between uh, Ciampa yes. and Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling, Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah, that was intense. The uh, Ricochet Velveteen Dream match was phenomenal. I actually was watching that with somebody who had never watched wrestling. Really? And she was kind of making fun of it and, like, going, I can't believe I'm doing this. And, you know, uh, she sat down, she starts watching the Velveteen Dream Ricochet match, and she's, like, getting into it. <laughs> like, nice. That's how it works. That's how it works. I don't. I think the uh, unsanctioned match kind of turned her off, though. It was a little too intense. Really? Yeah. But, you know, I loved it. It was, I think that's really cool. If that's what WWE is going to become, okay, I'm on board. Triple H's baby, when he takes over the company, that's his vision for the future. So, yeah, absolutely. Now, what are some of the um, storylines that are like really jump out at you? Some guys that are working right now that you really are watching, you're like, okay. Um, Seth Rollins and, uh, I just cut out here. Seth Rollins and um, Dolph Ziggler. Yes, with uh, with McIntyre in the mix. Uh, it's been really good here lately. Which you can't go wrong with Seth Rollins. He, everything he touches is pretty much gold. And you've got Dolph back on a tear. 
uh, which was it was really smart of them to re-sign him when they did. Yes, um, and bring him back and actually make him a champion. Yes, put a strap on him and, and let him wear it for a while. Because I mean, the guy's probably one of the best out there right now. Yeah, I mean, he's good on the on the on the microphone. He's good in the ring. Uh, he's got a good look about him, a good gimmick. Why not? Well, and I love that, like actually, and like in the promotion, like on television. He's looking at Seth Rollins and going, but you can't handle that, brother. He's bringing back a little bit of the... I mean, I've heard it on the podcast. It's a big joke a lot of the times. And I'm sure it's what dudes talk about in the in the locker room, but how they talk. But to see it on TV and see kind of the throwbacks uh, to that 80s and that 90s uh, promo style, it it's such a rich history. Um, I love too how they built that story with Rollins and Ziegler. Yes, that Rollins every week was defending the Intercontinental Championship and was on this. It, it was just great match after great match, and to see that upset by Ziegler is like, oh no. Yeah, they did that ex- uh, really well. Um, having him come out and challenge and actually win was a huge surprise. Yeah, and so there are great another great storyline. The current one is uh, the Miz and Daniel Bryan. Yes, it's be interesting to see where they go with this. Uh, I was telling you off the air that Daniel Bryan's contract is coming up. I want to say towards the end of the year, and he has not rene- renegotiated or signed a new deal with them. So I don't know if this is one of those dream matches that they wanted to get in before he possibly leaves the company. Um, but, yeah, they're building towards a pretty good match at SummerSlam between those two. Yeah, and that, sh- that should be epic. I mean, what they might do is, I mean, it could be a, you don't have a clean finish. You have some screwy finish. Yeah, and carry it on. And carry it on. And because Miz keeps saying, I should be WWE champion. Somehow he ends up with it, and you have a WrestleMania match in the making. Yes, I think that that could be a top match on the card. But uh, to do that, you gotta you gotta exclude the possibility that Samoa Joe's not going to take that strap off of AJ Styles. True, and Samoa Joe bringing in AJ's family, man. Yeah, bringing in the family. You don't do that. It was intense. I, I've always uh, since I started watching the new stuff again. Samoa Joe's one of my favorites. Yes, He's so intense. He's always been one of my favorites. I followed him through his indie career and TNA and everything else. Yeah. And, yeah, he's very believable. The program he did he with Lesnar, it was great. Like, I mean, there's that's the problem with having a beast like Lesnar as your champion. It's like, who can you put up against him that's going to be believable? Exactly. Um, like Bobby Lashley. I just don't see him, uh, even though he was in Bellator in MMA, I just don't, they, they just don't fit. I mean, he's a big guy, but I just don't see him going up against Brock Lesnar. And there's not many that I could see that actually would put on a good match with him other than maybe Seth Rollins I think would do pretty good that would be pretty epic and you know one guy who surprised me uh, with matches against big men even though he's a little guy swole little guy is uh, Finn Balor yes I love like the matches he did with uh, Braun Strowman are just fantastic and the stuff he's doing with Baron Coleman right or Baron Coleman that Corbin. <laughs> I would, sometimes I wish it was Baron Coleman. Yeah. I'd like to see him get his comeuppance. <laughs> but, oh, and that was a great turn. I hated Baron Corbin, not from, like, the way you're supposed to hate a heel, but it was just like, who's this guy? 
And then when they had him shave his head, get rid of the, the skullet, um, he is now the constable of Raw, the voice of yes. Stephanie McMahon. It's great. And he's he's finding his place in that pretty well. Oh, yeah. And uh, I like the uh, the continuing saga of, Bra- of not Brock, Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens. Yes, which that match at, uh, was it a... Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules. Yeah. The cage match. Yes, where he got thrown off the cage was was pretty awesome. It was an epic spot, but this is a weird thing, and I've heard a lot of this, and like I was listening to a podcast, I guess it was one of the In Your House pay-per-views where it was uh, Mankind or Mick Foley against Taker, the classic Hell in the Cell match. Right, where he gets thrown off the top of it. Yeah, it's like, he broke him, Jim Ryan. He broke him in half. And Foley's not moving. And they really think, like, this guy is messed up. But the whole plan was to do that spot, then climb back up on top of the ring. I think Mick does it at, because he separated his shoulder on the first spot. And he climbs back up, and then he gets choke slammed through the cage. But yeah, the middle of the cage there. And the story apparently was they obviously the cage at top was gimmicked, but the idea was to choke slam him once, have it come loose, choke slam again, even more loose, to where the last time he goes through, he's not falling straight from the top. Right. Didn't work out that way. No, it didn't. <laughs> he gets McFoley gets picked up, choke slammed by Undertaker. The cage breaks the first time. He falls. It's about twenty feet, thirty feet to uh, the ring. How insane! Having you know taken bumps and done some of the stuff, how insane is that? That is uh, incredibly insane. That's <laughs> I mean, that's risking your own life right there. Yeah, and I'll, I mean, you consider when Owen Hart died, you know, he fell from I think it was forty or fifty feet and hit his head. Mm. You know, you land just wrong, just just or just the right way, and it can be end of the road for you, end yeah. of your career. In your career, in your life, in your life, yeah. I mean, and on top of him falling straight through the cage onto the ring, a chair falls through, yeah. hits him in the face, <laughs> knocks his tooth out, and and then his tooth ends up in his nose somehow. Yeah, <laughs> like my goodness. So when you see something like that, I think that was '98. Uh, yeah, like bad blood. I think in bad your blood. Yeah. Uh, so you fast forward to Kevin Owens being thrown off the cage by Strowman. It's an incredible spot. And KO's been doing all sorts of, like at uh, Money in the Bank. What was that, a 30 foot ladder? Yeah. I mean, really crazy stuff. But at a certain point, it's like, okay, we've seen these things. I still love it, but it's not, it doesn't have you're, the same. You're numb to it a little bit. Yeah. And that's why I, I don't know. It's, it's a tough thing. It's a tough uh, line to walk where you're like, okay, we've seen this before, but I'm still impressed. I think you just need Jim Ross calling it. And that, <laughs> that would make it all better. I'm not big on Michael Cole. Yeah. I'm not. I like Corey Graves. Love you know, Corey. Love they're some... adding Renee Young to the announce. Really? Three. Yes. Awesome. Part of this women's evolution. Yeah, when we have yet to talk about that. Apparently, they announced a few weeks ago an all-women's pay-per-view. Yes. Only female matches. And there's a lot of speculation that they're going to start up the women's tag team division at that pay-per-view. Nice. Which would be pretty interesting. Nice. Because they have so many women wrestlers that they don't use on a regular basis on TV 
that would give them an opportunity to do that. And from what I understand, it's going to be cross-brand so that it can be challenged on either SmackDown or on Raw. Nice. So that'll kind of mix it up a little bit as well for the women's division. Well, and I'm liking that all the pay-per-views are now dual-branded. Yes. That everybody Having two a month was a bit draining. It was. I mean, I sometimes miss having something on Sunday to watch. Yeah. On Sunday, but well, creatively, though, it's, it's right. a much better move for them. Exactly, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a lot of fun, and I have to say, like, when I remember women in wrestling from the 90s, and it was, what, Nitro Girls and yeah. Playboy Playmates, or, and, uh, as you had uh, Lundra Blaze. Yeah, she was great. Uh, yeah. But, but it was, it was, you know, what we mentioned earlier, Sable. It was, you it was know, valets and things like that. And, you know, somewhat very unseemly storylines were like, oh, you knocked me off the ring and I was pregnant and I had a miscarriage. Yeah. Like, ooh, there's some stuff like, I, you know, I'm not a politically correct guy, but there's some of those storylines you're like, what were you guys thinking? Yeah, like with Kane and the... Uh the dead body. Oh, goodness. I had to stop watching wrestling for a little while at that point. I was, was like, it's just come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Brother. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I now the women in wrestling, and this was a big surprise to me when I started watching again, they're damn good. They are. They're phenomenal. Really good matches. Really athletic. Yeah, I'm I mean, and the sometimes they're doing better storylines than a lot of the men. I mean, I I love me some Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss, the Saucer Banks stuff that they're doing right now is really good. With Bailey, that's great stuff. I could stand to do without seeing Lana try to wrestle. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit sloppy. It is a bit sloppy. I mean, I guess she's getting sort of roped in with the uh, the Rusev Day gimmick, and that's working to help get her, her as a personality over. Yeah. But, I agree with you in terms of watching an actual match. And I'm wondering if they're building towards a uh, intergender match with her and uh, Rusev teaming up against Andre Cien Almas or whatever. Oh, and Zelina. Yeah, at SummerSlam. And Almas is... Now, talk about great in ring. Yes. Almas is fun. He's really good. Yeah, I, I was telling you off air, I've been watching older stuff, and it's not quite yet, but like maybe a second coming out of Guerrero. Yeah. He's got a lot of that characteristic to him. You're right. Yeah, I I love that. Almost, he's it's very relaxed in the ring. Very relaxed. It's almost. Uh, it's not quite straight lucha, but it's uh, kind of a hybrid style. And, right. Uh, and Zelina Vega, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant to have her as his uh, manager or whatever she is. Like she's just great. Cuts yeah, a great promo and. Actually, for I didn't realize until I saw her recent match how tiny she is. Yeah, she is small. Yeah. But, yeah, we have to suspend disbelief. This is essentially like my... Uh, I don't really feel guilty about it. I was going to say guilty pleasure. I don't really feel guilty no. about it. I don't even feel guilty about talking about it right now. Like, <laughs> you this shouldn't. Is, it's my show. I'm going to talk about what I That's want. That's exactly right. Exactly. And uh, I would love to see... I don't think he will because he's been doing so at Jericho that we started the show talking about. Um, he's done great things in New Japan. Yes. there's. A, I was reading the rumor sheet today, and it was talking about he might be wanting to work with Impact Wrestling. Okay, wow. That would be huge for them. That would be would really be. huge for them. Because he's one of the best. He really is. Yes. And I would encourage folks, because uh, there was this great, where uh, Conrad Thompson, who we mentioned earlier, did a show with Eric Bischoff, 83 Weeks episode 
where it was all about Chris Jericho and WCW. And so Jericho heard it, and it was all in good fun. He's like, well, I want to correct the record. So Jericho invited Conrad Thompson onto his podcast, Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. And uh, essentially had Conrad give him the Conrad Thompson treatment. And so it ended up being like six hours of all oh, these wow. stories and people going back and correcting them, each other and their perspective on how things went down. And, folks, if you haven't ever gotten into it, um, and you, I mean, if you want a distraction, you want to have some fun, um, I find it is fascinating. I love this stuff. And especially learning the backstory, learning, like, the podcast world. Like, I never really knew that much because I'm a Southern guy, and really all we had was WCW for a while. I never really knew much about, I don't know, Brother Love. Yeah. <laughs> and Bruce Richard's stint on camera. Um, yeah. I love you. I love you, but I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking wrestling tonight, folks. I um, will not be here tomorrow. I will not. I will be heading down to New Orleans. Gotta get dressed up. Oh, yeah. I gotta find that red dress tomorrow morning before we leave. And I'll go with my brothers and, you know, we'll, find, we'll figure it out. We'll all find a <laughs> shop for dresses together. Uh, well, you're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Be right back after this break. Joey Clark. Joey Clark. You're right, Mike. There's still like just some of the best entrance music ever. All that shattered glass. Mm-hmm. Like, as you know, it's time. It's time to have some fun. Yeah, I was imagining earlier Stone Cold cutting a promo on you about you picking out your red dress. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go down. I can't do a good Stone Cold. Go down your little your coals. Going to go down to New Orleans and get you a mamby-pamby red dress, aren't you, Joey? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. What? And I'm going to... Well, one thing I want to do some research on is, like, even guys as over as Stone Cold, as popular as Stone Cold, like, when they tried to introduce, like, sayings and stuff that just did not work at all, I want to look some of that stuff up. Yeah. Because some of... That's the fun, really fun part about wrestling is the crowd... Maybe too much these days, but the audience is such a character in the, in the affair. Yeah. Like they, like Rusev Day. It's just, they want what they want and they kind of dictate what what really is popular. At WrestleMania, I think that was the number one chant was uh, even doing the, during the pre-show and people just filing in and everything like that was a lot of Rusev Day. A lot of Rusev Day. Yeah, and I want to kind of focus in because we haven't really been able to talk in depth. You were able to go down for WrestleMania. Yes. It was a great show, great experience. I took the kids down there. They've never been to, they've been to a couple of house shows, but they've never been to a big pay-per-view, and, you know, that's the biggest of the year. And they'd never been to New Orleans, so it was culture shock for them as well. Um, I know my daughter found it very interesting that they had a weed truck driving around uh, <laughs> that you could buy edibles and things like that from. It's legal down there? I, it must be decriminalized or something because wow. 
uh, the, I sent you a picture yeah, of the truck. I, I remember seeing And it had lollipops and things like that that you could buy from it. And That's yeah. a lot of fun at our yeah. match, actually. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a blast. Um, but yeah, that and the homeless people and, and all of that, it was, uh, it was eye-opening for the kids. Now, I guess you did the whole weekend. Yes, we went down. Uh, we left Thursday night, got down there and stayed through till Tuesday so oh wow did what shows did you were you able to go to uh we didn't really go to any other anything other than wrestlemania um just we did a lot of sightseeing taking in a lot of the the culture of new orleans itself eating at a lot of good restaurants oh, food is great down there. Um, we spent one night when it rained at the, just stayed at the hotel because they had an indoor heated pool so the kids were all about that um but yeah, I'd say their biggest complaint was having to sit for seven, eight hours in the arena when we finally got in and got our seats. And because y'all got there for the pre-show, we, yeah, we got well, we got there as soon as the doors opened. Because I remember last time when we went, uh, when me and my wife went, the line to get in was just enormous and took forever out in the heat. So we were like, we're gonna get to the. They have a big block party before the they open the doors. That lasts for about two hours. So we went to that. Um, they had a band playing, and then they had a couple of wrestlers come out. Big Show came out and did a little promo thing. Nice. Um, and then uh, then they opened the doors, and we were probably in the first group of people to make it through the herd there. And uh, so you get finally get to our seats, and then it's stuck in those seats for the next uh, literally seven and a half hours of just being there and i loved it you know i'm consuming all this wrestling the kids are like oh my gosh how much longer is it over yet <laughs> and i'm telling them because i thought the end time was at 10 so i'm like oh yeah it's coming up it's 10 almost 10 o'clock you know i don't and then i'm starting to wonder how wait they've got two or three more matches how are they going to squeeze these in and then i look it up and it says 11 p.m's the when they were going to end Ooh, I was like, oh my goodness that is a long time for any type of show yeah and you know for two kids that aren't really into wrestling yeah, that was uh, that was brutal for you. Screw up an old dad, guys. <laughs> the things we do for our dads. So yeah, that I mean, it was a good show. I remember it feeling a little long in the tooth, though. At certain points, it was it's like I, I know you're trying. There are a lot of people that won't deserve to be on the card. That like Braun Strowman taking 15 minutes to pick out a wrestling partner. Yeah, I. That's one thing. I see what they were doing, but I did not really love that. And there was there was a rumor going around that Rey Mysterio was going to make a comeback at WrestleMania. So I'm thinking the whole time, oh, it's going to be Rey Mysterio. It's going to be Rey Mysterio. And then it's uh, David Cohn. Kid David Cohn is one of the referees. Uh, ends up being his son that they Nicholas. bring up there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what a disappointment that was. Yeah, and I could see if you're a little kid, that might have been cool. Like yeah. really into oh, wrestling. Wow. He, I, it could have been me. Could have been me. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Yeah, but I did. I mean, I love the Charlotte Flair Oscar match. Yes, that was a really good that match. Was epic. I might for some reason I just might be a, an Undertaker mark. But even though it was a squash match, I, I kind of loved. It. I thought it fit the story. They did it well. Yeah, um, of having Cena being in the front row, which for the first two or three matches, more people were focused on what John Cena was doing in the front row than what was going on in the ring. That was a bit of a distraction. But uh, but having him sit there and drinking a beer and kind of taking in the show, 
and then them come out real quick and say, you know, Undertaker's accepted. And he runs to the back <laughs> to get ready. Funny. And he comes out, and then uh, you were mentioning it earlier, uh, Elias's music hits when it's supposed to be the dead man coming out. <laughs> uh, he drums the guitar. Some of the loudest boos I've ever yes. heard. I was at home laughing my ass off. And uh, then, though, when Taker comes out, I thought it fit the story perfectly that for weeks John Cena's calling this guy out. He's questioning his manhood. And then Cena, when Taker actually shows up, is acting like a scared little kid. And they did it so cool. They had uh, the lightning come down, and his his hat and his coat were folded up, sitting in the ring before the match. And then it disappears. Yep. And then he comes out. It was it was pretty amazing. I thought it was pretty awesome. And I, you know, you can tell how much longer is Undertaker going to be able to do this. They're talking about him doing it again this year. I mean, he probably will. And I thought the uh, this is, that was such a cool uh, event, uh, the greatest Royal Rumble in yes. Saudi Arabia. That was so weird and unique to watch because obviously the guys sitting right around the ring, kind of the Royals, um, they didn't seem to be as... The kids did, but the adults didn't, didn't seem to be into it as much. Yeah. No, and it was a little distracting with all these like plush chairs sitting around the ring. But the coolest thing is that you have... All these people in Saudi Arabia, and they know all the chants. They know all, who to cheer, who to boo. I haven't heard a, as much heat as when, I can't remember their names, the two Iranian brothers came oh, out. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, they have bad blood anyway, just geopolitically. Yeah, it's like <laughs> 80s U.S. wrestling yes. with the Russian coming out. It was great. Um, and But then Taker did a casket match with Rusev. I thought that was fun. Yeah, it was a good match. It reminded me of a 90s Undertaker match. He's, yep. And he's really doing the dead man gimmick. He's really kind of slow and plotting. It's been an interesting time where it's like so much new is happening. I guess they're doing some new thing in Australia. Yeah, that's going to be a huge pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, I think they sold out, I don't know the name of the arena, but it's a massive amount of people that you can fit in there. Yeah, and so they're just doing shows, massive shows worldwide, extending their reach. Um, and you're just like, how is is it just going to keep getting bigger? It's yeah. I mean, to what point does it stop? Though, right. I know they've just signed a new TV deal. They're going to be on Fox. Yes, that's the big change. Yeah, where SmackDown will now be on uh, FSN. I believe they're going to put SmackDown on FSN, and they're going to move Raw to actual Fox. The Wow. Regular Fox broadcasting. Wow. No, that'll be huge for Fox. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, that's huge for the WWE, too. That's a much bigger audience well, it, than the oh, USA yeah, Absolutely. Because you got people that don't have cable out there that will be able to watch their programming. So you get a lot more eyeballs on the on the product. So But I've again I've been watching a lot of the old stuff and sometimes I long for, you know, there's a little color, there's a little blood coming yeah, down. Just a little bit. And there's a little it's more intensity sometimes to the matches and what you can say and They weren't know. afraid of concussions back then. No. Though that's the crazy thing. You look at some of those things where be, people weren't aware. It's like, oh I got my bell rung. And they're still taking a like a chair shot. And chair shot, and chair shot, and chair shot. Well, and we were talking about the the Mick Foley Taker match, Hell in Cell match uh, earlier. Apparently, after he you know goes off the top of the cage into the announce table, after he goes through the cage into that, Vince actually runs down, not as like a gimmick or work. He's 
actually worried about Mick Foley. Is this guy about to die on my television program? And then uh, essentially Foley, at the end of the match, they do a tack, thumbtack spot. Which, according to Chris Jericho, is like the most painful thing he's ever done. Yeah, I can imagine. <sighs> so, uh, for folks who don't know, essentially they dump out a bunch of thumbtacks into the ring and get slammed on top of it. And it's not, there's no way to fake that. It, it hurts both wrestlers, not just the one that's yeah. doing the move, but the other guy ends up with tacks on his arms and, but, uh, and his legs. And The reason I bring it up is apparently Mick Foley was so out of it. Like, he received a concussion that night. Uh, he was so out of it. He comes back to Bruce Pritchard after the match. He goes, I'm so sorry. I, I missed the thumbtack spot. He didn't and, even remember it. Yeah, and, and Bruce was like, no, you got it in. What are you talking about? And this is as he's having thumbtacks pulled out of him. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess we did get it in. And that's where you have to, and I see why they're worried these days. You have to step back and go, okay, that's too far. Yeah. You got to take care of these guys to a certain extent. Because um, I think sometimes wrestling gets a bad rap in the mainstream press. For, you know, a lot of guys die young, these sort of things. But I think if you look at a lot of any sport, any sort of, you know, you combine sports and abuse on your body along with road life where you're constantly traveling, I think some people just don't handle it well. Yeah. And that's what ends up being your downfall, whether it's substance abuse or concussions, these sort of things. Working 300 days out of the year. Right. That's uh, something, you know, that's very intense on your body. Yeah. Just, you know, I can't imagine doing it full time like that. How often did you do it again? Uh, we do once a month shows. Once a month? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so sure. You've got time to rest and recuperate. And, I mean, after just doing it one show a month, you'd be sore as hell. Oh, it? yeah. You've got a couple of days of, of moving a little gingerly. Yeah. And, I mean, the closest, like we've talked about this before, the closest I've ever done is, like, you know, high school football. And you'd be sore and tired after a game, but you'd be fine, you know, a, a few days in. I can't imagine no pads. You're doing crazy spots. Like, oh, it's just, it amazes me. Uh, the wear and tear. And it, you know, it's inspired me to get in shape myself. So it's, uh, it's something that I think makes me, the reason I love wrestling so much is it reminds me of being a kid, to be honest. Yes. Well, you get to, you get to escape for that 90 minutes or two hours that it's on and just uh, suspend your, your disbelief and be a kid again. Yeah, it, I mean, it's... Magic is real. It seriously reminds me of sitting with my grandfather watching, you know, the WCW and the NWO coming in. and Oh, and apparently, and this got broke last Friday, I don't know if you heard, but I think Kevin Nash is coming to town. Oh, really? Yeah, for the the, the Gump City Con or something. That they're oh, yeah, in I've October. heard about that. So I think Kevin Nash will be in town. Big oh, that'd sexy. be neat, yeah. He, that'll be a lot of fun. And the stories about him are hilarious, how he's this charming, wonderful guy, but he, he loved to stir it up. Now, that's supposed to be like a Comic-Con, right? Yeah. Coming to town. Yeah. The Montgomery's first. Exactly. And so, you know, it may give me extra reason to go. Yeah, I may go check that out. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, and it's cool to see Montgomery get something like that. Now the 
that culture's become a bit more mainstream yes. these days. Well, I've collected comic books since I was eight. So okay, wow. Yeah, I'm a big comic book guy. What like what's your probably your fa- if you have a collection? What's like your most prized possessions? Um, I have some really old X Men. Uh, X Men thirty four, the first introduction of Magneto. Um, so that, and I've got almost a full run of Spider Man. Nice, the Amazing Spider Man. So, yeah, I never, uh, I've never done, gotten into the comic books. I, I guess, I mean, I love Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, again, it's like suspension of disbelief. Yes. And, well, and what's really cool is people will look down on the stuff like what we just said. Reminds you of being a kid. You got to grow up. Something. Well, yeah, of course you grow up. You, yeah, you're you growing up every day. You take care of bills. Right. You get up. You go to your job. You you have kids. You know, you have a family. You have all these things that you do that are growing up. What's wrong with having a little bit of time where you where you get to be a kid? Exactly. And then occasionally, out of that stuff that sort of you think, oh, it's escapism or whatever, you also get amazing storytelling. Whether it's Infinity War, which is essentially a tragedy splayed out for two and a half hours which was awesome oh was yeah so good but then you get great uh, storytelling like i i am so looking forward to this backstory and what's going to go on with we've already brought it up but with ms and daniel bryan yes that's such an interesting you can probably get deeply personal they've had story. heat with each other for several years now right uh, when daniel bryan wasn't wrestling it was just uh well, when he was the GM of the SmackDown, uh, when he was doing the after show, um, I guess you'd call it a podcast that they were doing. Oh, yeah, Talking Smack. Talking Smack. Um, I think that's where they kind of lit the fuse for that feud, not knowing that Daniel Bryan was going to get cleared to wrestle again. So, well, and that's an amazing story in and of itself, of uh, beyond just the wrestling world, that this he's essentially told you can't wrestle anymore because of you know CTE scans. Like, right, you've had too many concussions, and apparently he's done sort of rehabs. Um, I think working with the Joe Namath Institute, where they're having new techniques that it can help heal somebody's brain. Right, from that sort of trauma. So to hear he came back. And, but then it goes back to questions like, oh, he's got to earn his spot again. Like, okay, you're going to do a program with Big Cass, who is now done, right? Yeah, because he grabbed uh, Carmella backstage. They had been dating, and he got into a spat with her and grabbed oh. her by the arm. And WWE said, no, 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 we don't do that. Ooh. So they cut him loose. Man, that's a whole other aspect of that business. The I guess the old wisdom is don't bring your wife around the yeah. business. For all sorts of reasons. Yeah, I can't imagine Rusev and, and Lana, that whole situation. It's um, it's it got to be a crazy life. and I mean, I, I guess it's good you've got your spouse with you. Oh, yeah. So you're traveling, and they don't have kids or anything, so they get to be on the road together and, and all that good stuff. But uh, Well, I just listened to something on the whole um, Edge, Matt Hardy, Lita oh, yes. triangle, which was a real-life thing. Uh, I guess Lita, I can't remember her real name, is married or, yeah, married to Matt Hardy. So, or they're together. They're together, They're yeah. together. I don't think they're quite married. And they get split up. They get put on different brands, different touring schedules. Yeah, and she falls in love with Edge. Because they're writing, Edge and Lita are writing together every night. Yes. So think about it, folks. You're writing with another attractive, athletic, you know, a person that does exactly what you do. You get talking long and long car rides in the wee hours of the night. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. 
And apparently Matt Hardy finds out about this and goes nuts. Yes. Like, even, in public. Yeah, even spills on to some of the, the television programming. Yeah, and they made it work on television, um, apparently, but it's just... Like, at a certain point, and I have thought about this in a lot of stuff I love, like, how much do we ask of these folks who uh, we love to be entertained by? Yeah. And I don't actually feel personally responsible because, you know, like, I didn't tell Ric Flair to drink that much and cheat on his <laughs> wives. But there's, at a certain point, and it's beyond wrestling, how much does somebody give up? in order to achieve a certain level of fame or greatness, whatever you want to call it. Usually there's a dark side to that, you know, success story. Right. A lot that you sacrifice in order to reach certain levels of success, whether in, you know, business or, you know, hell. I'm not, like, on the Trump train, but I look at, like, Donald Trump, life was probably pretty good for him. And then he went and messed it up and became president. Right. They're taking his star off the Walk of Fame. Uh, I mean, crazy. there's just all sorts of stuff. You get a lot of heat for, um, you know, running and jumping into politics. <laughs> so, I mean, it just comes with the territory. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to going home, though, tonight, relaxing, eating something tasty. Eating you some steak. Probably eating some steak again. <laughs> yeah. I might go off the wagon, though, and eat a burger. There you go. Get a little bit of some bread in me. And uh, maybe I'll, I'll try to hook my good friend Aaron, who's riding down with us to New Orleans for this bachelor party, into uh, watching an old match or something. Like, I went back and watched 2002's SummerSlam. And that's where uh, Shawn Michaels returned. Oh, yeah. What an incredible match, folks. I mean, and this is, if you're interested in wrestling at all, there's so much to where you don't even have to watch the new stuff. You can, you were saying there's a new program now where it's like Superstar Picks? Superstar Picks, yeah, on the WWE Network, which you can get for nine ninety nine. <laughs> First month is free if, uh, for new subscribers. And they're not paying us to say that, no. unfortunately. I wish they were. Yeah, I, I do too. That'd be nice. I'm just that big of a fan. Some of that WWE money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, there's plenty of it to go around. But, uh, but yeah, they have a different Superstar Pick, uh, several different matches that they're, that are their all-time favorites. And uh, it's a pretty interesting show. Uh, so it's like somebody who's doing it goes, well, here's the match that inspired me or that yeah, I really love. Or that they, yeah, exactly. That's it, exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and it's, um, it's an interesting take where, obviously, you're learning more about the personal side of the business and what it takes to put these things together. And I think that's what's hooked me in the most, is that I get invested in... Oh, this is actually what people do for a living. And I think one of the things that you're doing is great, where you're listening to the podcast where they talk about specific pay-per-views that happened in the past, and then going back with the knowledge of what went on behind the, behind the scenes, yeah. and going back and actually watching the pay-per-views, it gives it a whole different perspective well, when you and, watch it, kind of knowing what was going on. Well, and some are even fun to watch when they're crap. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I gotta see this. I gotta, who was, uh, Zach Gowan, the one-legged guy? Yeah. <laughs> or, okay, I gotta watch this Vince McMahon fight this guy with one leg. And, or um, ECW's dis- Dismember to Remember. Or, yeah. 
<laughs> which was terrible. Yeah, it's fun sometimes to go back and watch the train wrecks. Yes. It's like watching a terrible movie that was meant to be serious, but laughing at it as a comedy. It's so bad, it's good. There's that aspect of it, too. But like, if for folks that don't know, go watch SummerSlam 2002. I mean, you get uh, Chris Jericho, Ric Flair have a match. Eddie Guerrero, Edge have a match. That's an awesome match. Oh, it's so good. Uh, the I think the main event is uh, yeah Lesnar versus The Rock. Um, you have Shawn Michaels, Triple H. I'm leaving some out too. Like, what was it? Uh, Gold Dust and Booker T against the Un-Americans. Yeah. What a crazy gimmick to put on after 9/11. <laughs> right after 9/11. But it's awesome. It's Lance Storm. It's Christian. It's Test. Like there's so many. Good matches on that show. It's one to just put on and enjoy. Yeah, and a lot of these things live forever. And it makes me wonder if, like, somebody like a Kevin Nash who's coming to town, did you think when it was going on, or even a few years after, that we'd be talking about it twenty Some years, years later. later? Yeah, and it's uh, it's weird how the internet's changing, the culture changing society. Yeah, just way. instant access to everything. I mean, anything you can think of. Pretty much in wrestling, even some of the smaller promotions, older promotions, it's all right there at your fingertips. Yeah, I was watching an old uh, Ric Flair Dusty Rhodes match. Yeah, and it was good. It was very entertaining from the NWA days. Yeah, and it was like a early. I was like, is that Tony Schiavone? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wow, he started young. He started way back. So. Um, Mike, we're pretty much out of time. Man. Oh, I hate to hear that. Yeah, me too, but I'm ready for my bachelor party Yeah, you're party ready to start weekend. this three-day weekend. Yeah, thanks for this nice, relaxing show. No chat. problem. My, my uh, pleasure, brother, brother.